Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I want to talk from the topic today on week one, know who's for you. Do you know who's for you? Or if I were to call it something else, are you for anybody? I know that you want things, but are you there for people? When we look at the vision of Growth Point Church, for those of you who don't know it and you think that all we are is dancing, and spitting and hollering and jumping, and jumping around, the vision of our church is and has always been to lead and connect lives to Jesus at every point. Our vision was never to shout, dance, prophesy. It was always to lead and connect people to Jesus. That means to, and that, that word, that last line of our vision statement at every point means that there will be people who will come through these doors who have never met Jesus. There will be people who come to these doors who have never shouted or spoken tongues before. There will be people who come in this room or come into this particular space who've never been in church before. This is a first experience for them. There will be people in this church who were turned off from church and they left. And this is their other chance that they're given one more time. There have been many people who, have, who knew denomination and religion, but they didn't know Jesus who come through these doors. There are people who have been, who have been molested by leadership and have not met Jesus before. So there are many people who have come here. They've been turned. Uh, they've been turned around because of their sexual orientation, and they've been preached down to from the pulpit. And they were turned off because they said, "If that's what Jesus is about, I don't want to have anything to do with it." So Growth Point was a church that was established to lead you and connect you to Jesus, meaning lead you. And once I lead you to him, then I got to connect you because there are many people who get led somewhere, but they're not connected to what they're led to. So I can lead you somewhere, but just because I lead you somewhere doesn't mean you connect to what I lead you to. There's an old adage that we say that you can lead a horse to a water, but you can't make him drink. So there might be many people who come here and stay here for five, six years, seven years, ten years, but that doesn't mean they ever connect to the source. Many people connect to a church but don't connect to Christ. So our mission here at the church and why a lot of people don't come here is because discipleship is a long journey. You can learn church in a few months. But to learn Christ... And have Christ in you and to have his DNA in you takes a while. That means you won't stop doing some things in a year. The more word, the more power. The more you get in him, the more you saturate in him, uh, you'll start to become like him. There are some of you who I remember when I remember a particular person that uh, when we were, I don't know if we were year one or we were over at the other location. I remember she was coming out of the church, coming out of the particular building when I met her in the parking lot. And she looked like she was scared to fight everybody around her. And she had a lot of anger uh, in her because of her life. Um, and uh, she said that she thought she was coming to Growth Point, but the particular church she came to seemed like they wouldn't Growth Point because that was dry. And I said, we meet at one. 
Uh, so she said, um, she said, is that church good? I said, I, you know, I think it's all right. I don't know. Um, I didn't tell her who I was. And uh, at one o'clock, her and her family came. And uh, five years later, she's still here. But the same anger that she had, I can't find it anymore. It doesn't mean she doesn't want to clock sometimes, but the anger, the uh, sometimes you don't look like what you've been through. Some y'all don't even know when to shout uh, to be able to say, you see these stilettos, you see what I look like. You see this girdle I got holding things in, but you don't know I would fight you. <laughs> I would I would throw blows, but because I've been connected to the source, if Richard Smallwood here, he, he would say, Jesus, you're the center of my joy can anybody give God praise say he's the center he's so in the midst of this year 20 uh, 2020 um, a lot of things have changed and a lot of things have challenged us but the vision never changes the mode and the method of which we go by delivering it might change um, should the governor make an announcement this week and say everything is shut down uh, they will shut down the building but they won't shut down the church People might not be in the building, but I'll still be delivering the word because you can't take Christ from me. <laughs> Without him, I would be nothing. So in the midst of distractions, in the midst of certain things, it's good sometimes for me to, and this, this, this series is to remind you of why we exist, not just as a church, but why you exist. Uh, because a lot of us in Christianity are more uh, consumers then we are uh, givers. Um, we, and we oftentimes sing a lot of songs about what he does for me, uh, but we don't do a lot oftentimes. And, uh, and here this series, I want to talk to you and I want to paint this picture because our call uh, is not for us to wait for a miracle, but for us to participate in being a miracle. So here in this particular scripture, uh, it says that when Jesus returned to Capernaum or Capernaum, when he came back after some days, Jesus had left, he came back. It was reported that he was at home and many were gathered together like they basically heard Jesus was here, Jesus was back, many people came, and it says that there was no room because they were excited that Jesus was there, not even at the door. Um, he was preaching the word to them, and they came to him, um, they came to him bringing him someone who was paralyzed. The word, uh, to, to know what a paralyzed person is, I don't want to insult your intelligence, because I know many of you know what that means, but, to, but those of you who might not know, a paralytic is someone who cannot move on their own. Who do you have around you that can't do anything for themselves? You can't fault me for what I can't do. Many of us are judging people for something they can't even do for themselves. Jesus was in the room. Jesus was teaching. As Jesus was teaching or preaching, rather, uh, Jesus was preaching in the room. And when I, I say preaching, it doesn't mean like I'm doing. It doesn't mean he was uh, riled up. What it means, he was proclaiming truth. That's what preaching is. Anything that is not proclaiming truth is not preaching. It's a talk. <laughs> I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a preacher. I, I preach truth. I preach the gospel. Um, <laughs> I ain't a pusher, I'm a preacher. <laughs> Jesus was preaching truth. I, how many of you all came to Growth Point because truth was here? 
I didn't come here because of anything else other than truth. Uh, I don't proclaim to be the best preacher in the world, but I tell you, every time I get up here, I want to make sure you hear truth every single time. Because what happens is if I was preaching lies, lies would eventually catch up to me. You can only front for so long. <laughs> so Jesus was preaching truth. As he was preaching truth, people were drawn to him. People were drawn because of the truth. And then uh, the, the, those people couldn't get in the room because it was so crowded. They say that the makeup of the house, uh, maybe only 50 people could get in the room or in that particular house because of the house, the way it was built, or the way it was structured. And it says, but when they came, the people, the uh, people came, it says they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. You need to know, first point, when you're talking about know who's for you, you need to know who is able to see better for you. Who do you have in your life? I'm doing it in both ways. Who do you have in your life that sees better for you? And then who do you see better for in their life? Who do you have in your life that saw where you were and says, I can't let you stay here? They couldn't allow the condition of their friend to allow it to go unchanged. I want to thank God for the people who would not let me stay where I was. They would not let me stay paralyzed. They said, you might, you might stay like this. You might be like this, but I won't let you stay like this. Uh, you have to thank God for people who tell you the truth. Y'all must not have a lot of friends. Because you have to think people who tell you you got a booger in your nose. Y'all ain't got no real friends. You got to tell people to say, you know what? A little your new growth is sticking out of your weave. Before they let you go Instagram and you get on Instagram and post it. And they say, nobody told you that your wig's crooked. You need somebody who will tell you. Come on, church. You need somebody that can tell you. know that ain't your hair. It's too straight. You ain't sure. You need to go ahead and tell the truth and just start shouting and say, thank you. Mm. Switch it. Make sure you got somebody in your life who's able to tell you the truth. I've got an announcement. Everything you do is not great. I'm sorry. Every message I preach is not ready to be heard again. Some things I want to tell Jermaine, delete it. Never post it. Because there are some things that you could always do better. You can always, someone say it to yourself because y'all don't want to hear from nobody else. Tell yourself, I can always do better. I can always, always do better. And what happens is a uh, uh, reason that some of us are celebrating, uh, well, should I even say that? Sometimes some of us are celebrating some leadership shift. Uh, it's not because of parties and things, but because as a leader, you need people around you who can tell you, you can do better. You can't treat people any type of way. You, you can't be nasty. You, you can't just do that type of stuff. You can't degrade people and get away with it. You can't do better. Someone say, I can do better. And just because you have a great title doesn't mean you're a great person. Some of you say you're leaders and nobody's following you. You're not a leader. You're taking a walk. If you're a leader, people follow you. And the question is, where are they following you to? Some people are following you to destruction. And to worse. Some people were better before they met you. 
But these men, this is why it's important. I'm not trying to preach down to you. I'm not trying to holler all that type of stuff. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is uh, what I appreciate about these four men is that they said, since we can't help you. Since I can't help you. I know there's a place. I just got to get you there. I, I know there's a place that, that, that's better than where you at. I, I just got to get you there. Someone say, just get them there. Just, just get them there. What that means is I, I still got a little Hennessy on me. But let me take you to somebody who can make you drunk without giving you any bottle. Uh, I just got to get you to the place. I, I got to get you to him. Uh, so they saw better, basically saying, uh, you, you need to, uh, humility is acknowledging what you can't do. Uh, some of you don't need to pray for people. You need to get them to somebody who can pray for them. Some of you need to turn in your license and not preach. You need to get more in the word because there's too much of you. And if you get more in the word, then, then I'll hear more him than you. Uh, uh, but you need somebody to tell you that, that you think you're a wonder, but he's a wonder. You think you're great, but he's great. You need someone to say, I can do better. So they saw better for the paralyzed person said, I, I can't do nothing for him, but I know where I can take you. What I enjoy about this is that uh, I hope I'm helping you. I really do hope I'm helping you. It says they, 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 were, they, they brought a paralytic person, a, a person who could not move. But this is the part I almost missed. They carried. You got to know who sees better for you. But you also need to know who's willing to bear the weight to support you. Some people will see what you're in, but they're not willing to bear the weight to support you. What that means is you can tell me where I need to get better, but you won't support me to get better. Am I preaching to a real church here that there are a lot of people who love to point out your flaws, but you won't stay with me until I get my flaws dealt with. You need people around you who are willing to carry you until you get better. If I could carry myself, I would. But the fact that I'm laying here means I can't do better. So I need somebody to carry me. So these four men not only were able to see better, but they were also able to bear the weight. You need to identify people in your life that were willing to bear the weight when you couldn't support yourself. You need to thank God for people who can cash app you in between pay, pay periods. Cash app is new. We used to have cash app when I was growing up. We used to have hallelujah handshakes. Y'all don't know what a hallelujah handshake is? It's called when you were broke and someone shook your hand and there was a hundred dollar bill in that hand. And what you did was say hallelujah. It was a hallelujah handshake and there's some of us who need to thank God for the people who bore the weight when you couldn't do it yourself. 
They were willing to front you. Willing to support you. Willing to carry you. Willing to pray for you. Willing to intercede for you. Willing to cover you. Have I got where you are? Willing not to talk about you, but to intercede for you. Not to expose you, but to pray for you. To say, I can't help you, but I sure will pray for you. These people, and what is so interesting about that, I'm, I'm I'll get into that a little bit later. They were bearing the weight. There's something in those of you who are architects and those of you who build, build things, there's something in buildings that they, they have called scaffolding. Um, scaffolding is something that they use sometimes painters you'll see painters on it where they're painting that holds them up or sometimes you'll see it in the way you know you, you might not even notice it because it's it's kind of in awkward places but it's there uh, while they're in construction but once the building is complete you don't see a scaffolding because it was only there to serve the purpose while the building was in construction I want to make an announcement. Some of you are mourning people who were only there while you were in construction. <laughs> the reason you don't see them now is because now you have the support of Christ. You have what you need to grow. But when you needed a scaffolding, they were there. And some of you have fallen in love with a temporary person. Or a temporary institution or a temporary business or a temporary help. Uh, the stimulus was not your two-week paycheck. Some of you are upset because you want some more scaffolding. But maybe God sees you as more mature than you see you. And some of us want support system where God has removed it. Because now you're able to stand on your own. When my children were younger, when Miles was younger, he needed, he needed something to help him walk because he couldn't walk on his own. Uh, he needed something when he would crawl and he would fall over and we would have to help him because he couldn't get his balance. But at age 13, I'm not helping you get back up. Because you've fallen enough to know that though you fall, you won't die. Falls are not designed to kill you. They're designed to teach you. And some of us are waiting on someone to pick you up when they might have only been there while you were in construction. So the question is, who is in construction around you? And can you bear the weight to support them? Uh, I, I sometimes, and I, I do want to make just a confession, I sometimes get irritated with people that I don't see in church. You know, I know right now you can't really, uh, I was telling Coach this the other day, you can't really pastor people right now and really tell them the truth about themselves sometimes uh, because, you know, everybody's unit using um, COVID-19 as why they can't do things. I'm sorry, I'm, this is a pastor's rant. Everybody can go to Bath and Body Works People will be in Macy's. People will be in Target. People will be in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. 
But you can't ask them why they haven't been to church because they have to be safe, you know. You might run into them at the restaurant, small place, but safe. But here at the church that seats, you know, kind of roughly a thousand people, it's not safe. Because, you know, I don't want to put myself in harm's way. So you can't tell people that, you know, you just kind of leave them alone. So when they, when they say, you know, Pastor, you know, I'm just being safe, I'm like. You know, there are things I used to say in year one and year two that I don't say in year five. Because I've learned when people are scaffolding, let them be that. Some people will reveal themselves to you when you need it to be known. I don't want y'all to get quiet. I'm not talking about people in church. I'm talking about in general. If uh, um, uh, a hardship can push you away from me, then my question was, were you ever for me? Because if hardship can push you away from someone when they're going through something, when I need you most, then that means that maybe when I didn't need you because I could do it on my own, maybe you were never for me from the beginning. So if I'm in construction, it seems like I would need you more. But if you can't be there for me when I'm in construction, don't show up when we all together. It's just like the father who doesn't want to be there for their child until they get be a, until they become an NBA draft or until they become something else. And then they want to show up and they want to reap the benefits of something that the single mother had done all these years. And the single mother had paid and the single mother had worked all these jobs. And all of a sudden this no good joker wants to show up with a hat talking about that's my boy. It ain't your boy. You might have had the seed, but you ain't been present and you can't claim me now. Don't try to show up for me once I got you together. That's why you have to be careful of people who want to date your man after you've got your man together. Want to date you after you got some teeth. Want to date you because you got your good weave on. You need to take your weave off and say, do you like me nappy? Do you like me natural? Because if you don't like me like this, you don't like me like this. Y'all don't log off. Don't log off, Facebook. Don't log off. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about your mama. Let me go on. Because <laughs> Mel was giving me that wife look like, keep on preaching. So when, let me go on. Because when they could not find, they were willing to support him. They carried him. But when they realized that they couldn't get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above them. When they had made an opening, they let down the bed on the paralyzed, where the paralyzed person laid. Uh, so what, th what that meant was they were willing to commit to the process for however long it took to make sure their friend got help. They were willing to do whatever they had to do 
to make sure. So you need to know not just a person who sees better for you, not just a person who's able to bear the weight to support you, but you want to have someone who's able to create a way to get you better. Like they say, if there's no way I'm going to be creative, I'm going to create a way. I love, I, I love, some of my friends, I used to tell people all the time, I'm not looking for any new friends. Because some of the friends I've had, they've seen me at my worst. You know this version of me, Pastor Mario. But I know people who know me Mario. Period. Ain't no pastor. Ain't no anointing. Ain't nothing. They just know me. They, they've been there through seasons where we had to create a meal. Have you, ever, have you ever had to create an outfit where you had to find creative ways to wear it a few different things, a few different ways for people not to even notice it? So they said, I, I won't allow this roof to keep us from getting to Jesus. So they created a way to get better because they said their entire goal was to get the patient to his presence. Their entire goal was to take the patient, the person who couldn't do anything for themselves, and get them to Jesus' presence. Now, now, many theologians, when I was reading this, tried to describe, you know, what the roof looked like, what the roof was made of, the, the dimensions of the roof, uh, how low the roof was, which was why they were able to climb up. You know, and I, was, I stopped reading at one point. I said, you know what, Lord? I don't care nothing about what the roof looked like. I just want to thank God for people who created a way to help me. I don't care how you did it. I don't care what you had to move around. I just want to thank you for creating a way to help me. Can we just take a moment right now and thank God for people who created a way? You don't have to know all the details. Some of y'all want to know too much. Just thank God for creating a way. We used to say sometimes, thank God for keeping me from dangers seen and unseen. There are many more things that God is protecting you from that you do not see, that you just need to thank him. God, thank you for creating a way to keep me. They created a way. They didn't know how. They just created a way. Verse 5 says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. I don't want y'all to miss over that. So here we have this story. I hope this is helping you. I'm not trying to preach and, and squall and holler. I've already did all that. Jesus was in a room preaching, teaching. These people heard what Jesus was. They saw what their friend was in. They said, let's get him to Jesus. Took someone who couldn't do for themselves to Jesus. They saw better for him. Y'all with me? Saw better for him. Then when they got there, they said, you know what? It seems like the room is crowded. We can't get him in there, uh, but we won't have to carry him, which means it might, it, it's going to cost us some time to spend to get him to Jesus. So they were willing to bear the weight to support their friend until they got him to a place of entry. When they got him to the place of entry, they said, there's still another block. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all give up on people too fast. <laughs> y'all know Facebook friends. I know friends. What that means is real friends you have stories and history with. Friends are not people who like your post. 
I know we live in generation, y'all hard to believe. They're like, what? What? I mean, like, like my friends, like they like my posts. Like, my, I mean, yeah, they really do. Like, it was a good one. No, that's not your friends. Those are called fans. <laughs> because when you have fans, they only like you as long as you're in season. Your favorite team, as long as you're winning. But friends are there for you when you're not winning. When you can't do anything to support you. Can we thank God for real friends, people? You might know some of y'all like, I need a friend. There's a friend like Jesus. If you don't have nobody else, thank God that you got Jesus as a friend. So they were willing to do all these different things. And then they, they created a way to get him in, in the room. They said, we're going to create a way. We're going to get away. I don't know who had the conversation. I don't know who was the bold one. But somebody in the group said, I think we should tear the roof off. Somebody was like, what? I, I, shoot, why not? We up here. Tear it off. I mean, is there another way? I don't know. I didn't climb all the way up here to stop. So I got here. We might as well go all the way. We're already unconventional, so we might as well just keep going. Tear the roof off. So they tore it off. It says they started to lower him to Jesus. This is the part that blessed me. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. He didn't say the person who was paralyzed his faith. He said when Jesus, uh, when Jesus saw their faith. Some of you, you have to make sure that you have, my last point is, you got to make sure you have faith, people who have faith for you until you believe for you. You need people in your life who believe for you until you believe for you. Can you just look back over your life and think of the people who are able to see better for you and to believe better for you before you believe better for you. Jesus saw their faith. The power of evangelism is not a small little team of five people. Evangelism is not a ministry. Evangelism is a life. That everywhere I go, I'm believing for people who don't believe for themselves. And I'm saying to myself, if I can just get you to Jesus, if I can just get you to a tree, if I can just get you to better, I can show you who you can become. Come here, Mufasa. He said, Simba, you are more than what you have become. He said, Dad, there are people who will come into your life who their role is to speak into your life, to remind you of what you are. And what you can become. The only reason. Jesus, 
the only reason that Simba fought Nala is because she reminded him that he was supposed to be the king of what he tried to run from. And he tried to fight her because he tried to forget what he really was. He was walking around in the jungle singing Akuna Matata. It means no worry freeze. It's our philosophy, Akuna Matata. And there are some of you who've been living in a jungle, but God has reminded you that you're called for royalty. You're not supposed to be eating caterpillars and sitting here eating bugs. God has called you to eat the fat of the land. And you fight Nala instead of going back to your rightful place. You are more than what you have become. Jesus saw their faith. Can you just give God praise for somebody else's faith? Thank God for my mama. Thank God for your grandmama. I see Mama Tris. Thank God for Mama Tris. And for other people that will pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. Don't y'all dare sleep on old people. They did more than you could ever do. They fought things you would never fight for. You get mad because somebody does something on your social media. They got denied the right to vote, but they still kept pushing. got to thank God for people who had faith. You are the beneficiary of somebody else's faith. Dorothy Norwood here, she would say, somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time to pray for me. I thank God for the old saints who used to come and put their hands on my stomach. And they would say, stay there, brother. Don't you move. Stay there, brother. Don't you move. This ain't going to be about emotion. This is going to be about change. Stay there, brother. Somebody say, stay there, sister. Look at somebody say, stay there, sister. Stay there, brother. Come here, Kurt Franklin. Hold on, my brother. Your change is going to come. Be strong, my sister. Your work is not done. Hold on fast. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say, hold on, brother. Hold on, sister. Maybe that's the word y'all needed. Somebody needed to remind you to hold on. Uh, hold on, hold on. They had belief. Uh, Jesus saw their faith. This is the last part and I'm through. It says, so the scribes were sitting around, Deshaun. The scribes were sitting around and the scribes were saying to him, they said, who is this that's able to say your sins are forgiven? They said, who is this man who thinks he can come around forgiving sins? Uh, the word sins or, uh, was talking about giving him a pardon. Uh, this man is, is who? I mean, what, 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 what do you mean? What, how, how can you forgive him? So they, they had a whole dialogue. Jesus, being the bad man that he was, read their thoughts. He said, so what's the issue? What's the real issue? And you have to sometimes stand up for your friends. And to be able to say, what's the real issue? Do you want them to stay like this? Do you want them to be like this? You don't want better for them. What's the real issue? So Jesus said, what's the real issue? Uh, for me to forgive his sins or for him to get up? I mean, which one? Jesus said, so that we can settle this matter. I'm not, well, I'm not only going to forgive his sins, but sir, take up your bed and walk. 
Now, now some of y'all are like, this ain't no bed. Listen, according to the historians, they said that the bed was really like a mat. See, some of y'all think your bed is bigger than what it is. You think it's a king size issue. Uh, you think it's a king size issue keeping you from your cure. But actually, it might be just a mat that if you had enough faith, Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk away. The very thing that might be keeping you from Jesus might be just a small thing. You've made it bigger than what it might be. The very thing that was designed as something, I'm sorry, Mel, I'm messing up your mask. Something that we was just supposed to use to work out on. He wound up using it to stay on. There are some of you who had an issue that was only supposed to be temporary. But you stayed on it so long that it has now not become your mat, but it has become your crutch. So you have learned to lay on what you were just supposed to work out on. It was only designed to develop you, not to crutch you. So when Jesus said, take up your mat and walk, take up your bed and walk, he was saying it is thinner than what you think it is pick it up because it has had you long enough the last point I have is the, and this is what was important to me because Reese these people got him to Jesus because he couldn't believe for himself but what I, I, I'm, I'm through you never hear what their names were Never said Kenny, never said Domine, never said Gil, never said Mel, never said Stacey. It didn't say, it didn't say Jason, it didn't say anybody. It says four men. You need people who don't need the credit to celebrate your change. You need people who say, I don't care how you get better. I just want to be a part of your better. You don't have to acknowledge me. You don't have to shout me out on Facebook. You don't have to tweet me. You don't have to at my name. As long as you got to Jesus. As long as whatever was holding you is no longer holding you anymore. And now you're carrying it. And this is what was important about what he was carrying. When he carried it, the Bible says that no one saw anything like that before. Which is to say that there were other people who came to Jesus who stayed where they were. But this person left Jesus and everywhere he walked around, they said, is that the bed you used to have? Is that the weed you used to smoke? 
Is that your baby mama? Is that what? I carry this around because it reminds me of what I could have stayed in. It used to carry me, but now I carry it. So everywhere I go, it keeps me humble to remind me that I could have stayed where I was. But I met Jesus, and now I'm carrying what I could have stayed in. Can we just give a praise break right now for the things that you're carrying that could have been carrying you? So, this message wasn't about hyping you. This message was about helping us all to be committed to being somebody else's miracle. I was reading something the other day, I'm through here, that sometimes in, in, in books or sometimes when you're a researcher, there will be footnotes in the midst of the, the reading. The footnote gives you a little bit more context to the story. Um, and sometimes even in newspapers and stuff, you always see the headlines, but, but those of us who are researchers, you'll look and you'll see little footnotes in there. The Lord told me to tell you this today. Don't forget the footnotes who made you a headline. See, you got everybody shouting about your story. But you hadn't told them about the footnotes. The people who carried you. The people who tore the roof off. The people who believed for you. They didn't make the headlines. But you did. How many of your friends are not here, but you're still here? That's the footnote that we don't ever talk about. Have y'all seen my car? I mean, your car is great. That's the headline. Can you tell me the footnotes? Tell me about the repossessions. Tell, tell me about the stuff you went through. I know you're married now, but can, can you tell me about your failed relationships first? You know, but before there was growth point, there had to be some footnotes. Like, it's not my preaching that got me here. It's not. I've been preaching for 20 years in 2021. It wasn't my preaching. Y'all don't come because of my preaching. It's a whole lot of footnotes. Hebrews uh, 12 says, Therefore, seeing we are surrounded by such a great cloud of footnotes. You better stop looking over your footnotes. Like, all, all they did was open the door for me. All they did was write the resume for me. All they did was, I mean, they didn't get me hired. I mean, they helped me organize my resume. They're a footnote. And without them, you would have been somebody laying on a mat. But somebody was willing to carry you until you could carry yourself. And you need to thank God for the people who might just be footnotes, but they became a footnote so that you would be a headline. Y'all don't know Martha Hawker. Y'all don't know C.J. Vault. They're grandparents that have gone on, but they were footnotes. Without 
CJ, Vault, I wouldn't know piano. Without Martha Hawker, I wouldn't know holiness. <laughs> you, you have to look. They, they might not have had a whole lot to give, but their footnotes made me a headline. Can we just take just 30 seconds right now and thank God for every footnote that's in your life that made you who you are. I know you're sitting here saying, well, my mama wasn't nothing, my daddy wasn't nothing, but somebody was there for you. Somebody was there. And maybe your footnote was tragic, but the headline is that you made it anyway. The footnote is that, yeah, you, you, you didn't make the grades to get in school, but you got somebody to help you get in. Stop telling the sad story and tell the real story. That if it had not been for the footnote, you might not have ever found out about me. Hmm. Hmm. So I want to thank God for the four men who were courageous enough to put themselves in the way to make sure that I met Jesus. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, Keep growing.